Today is the 15th day of May. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. And it's great to be here with you as we move ourselves through the middle of uh, of the week. And uh, I guess, I guess halfway through today, technically, um, is the halfway point uh, through the month of May. So welcome to the middle of May. It's great to be here with you. Uh, so here in the middle of the week and in the middle of the month, we find ourselves in the middle of the book of 1 Samuel. And uh, we've been learning about Israel's first king, Saul. And uh, yesterday we came into contact with this guy named David. And uh, we're going to find that David and Saul's story are going to get very intertwined in very interesting ways. And we will find uh, some very good wisdom as that story becomes a mirror into our own lives. And so we'll take the next step forward. We're reading from the voice translation this week. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1 to 18, verse 4. Now the Philistines had gathered an army for battle at Soko, which is in the land of Judah. And they pitched their tents at Ephes Damim, between Soko and Azekah. Unwilling to allow another Philistine invasion of their nation, Saul and the forces of Israel went out against them. They camped in the valley of Elah and formed ranks against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on one mountain and the Israelites on another with a valley between them. Then a champion emerged from the Philistine camp, Goliath of Gath, one of the five capital cities of the Philistine Confederation, who was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and a chain mail coat that weighed more than 100 pounds of bronze. His legs were protected by bronze shin guards and he had a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders, ready to throw. The shaft of his spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. The iron head of his spear weighed 20 pounds, and his shield-bearer went ahead of him. He was a fearsome sight. Goliath stood and shouted to the watching Israelites, Why have you come to fight us? Am I not a Philistine, a warrior for a powerful empire? And don't you serve Saul, your so-called king? Choose yourselves a champion and send him out to me. If he kills me when we fight, then we will serve you. But if I defeat him and kill him, then you will serve us. Today I challenge the entire army of Israel Send me someone to fight. When Saul and his army heard the Philistines' words, they were shocked and frightened. David was the son of Jesse, an Ephrathite from Bethlehem in Judah, who had eight sons. At this time, Jesse was already an old man. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab the firstborn, Abinadab the second, and Shammah the third, had gone with Saul to the battlefield. David was the youngest son. 
And while the three oldest went with Saul, he went back and forth between Saul's battle and his father's sheep in Bethlehem, taking provisions to the troops and bringing word from the front line. For forty days this Philistine giant, Goliath of Gath, stepped forward, challenging the men of Israel every morning and evening. But no one was brave enough to accept the challenge. Jesse said to his son David, Take three-fifths of a bushel of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers in the camp. Also take these ten blocks of cheese to the commander of their company. See how your brothers are doing and bring me some word from them. Saul, your brothers and all the men of Israel are arrayed in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. David rose early the next morning left the sheep in the care of another, took the provisions and obeyed Jesse's instructions. David reached the camp just as the army was lining up and shouting its war cries. Both Israel and the Philistines prepared to fight against each other. David left the provisions with the person in charge of baggage. He ran to the front lines and shoved his way through the soldiers to greet his brothers. As David talked with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, emerged again and shouted his challenge to the men of Israel. This time, young David heard his words. When they saw Goliath, all the Israelites were frightened and retreated from him. The soldiers said, Have you seen this man who steps forward? He's trying to taunt Israel. Our king will reward the man who kills him with wealth a royal marriage, and freedom for his entire family from taxation and obligations in Israel. David asked those around him, What is the reward for removing this insult from Israel by killing this man? No uncircumcised Philistine can get away with taunting the armies of the living God. The soldiers said, You've heard what will be given to the man who kills him. We were just talking about it. David's oldest brother, Eliab, overheard this conversation and became angry with David. Why have you come down here? Who is watching your tiny flock in the wilderness? I'm your brother, and I know you. You're arrogant, and your heart is evil. You've come to watch the battle as if it were just entertainment. David said, What have I done now? I was just asking a question. David ignored him and asked another soldier the same question, and the people gave him the same answer. When news of David's valiant words reached the king, Saul sent for David. David said to Saul, Don't let anyone be frightened because of that man. I am your servant, and I will go and fight with him. Saul said, Don't be ridiculous. You can't fight the Philistine. You're only a youth, and he has been a warrior since his childhood. You lack age and experience. David said, I work as a shepherd for my father. Whenever a lion or a bear has come and attacked one of my lambs, I have gone after it and struck it down to rescue the lamb from the predator's mouth. 
If it turned to attack me, I would take it by the chin, beat it, and kill it. I have killed both a lion and a bear. And as your servant, I will kill this uncircumcised Philistine too, since he has dared to taunt the armies of the living God. The Eternal One who saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said, Go then, and may the Eternal One be with you. So Saul outfitted David in the king's own armor, a bronze helmet to protect his head and a coat of mail to protect his chest. David strapped on Saul's sword outside the armor and then discovered he could not move because he was not used to the restrictions of the weighty armor. David said, I'm not used to these things. How can I attack an enemy when I can't even walk? So he removed every bit of Saul's armor. He would fight the Philistines as he had fought those lions and bears. He took his staff in his hand and went to the stream to choose five smooth stones, which he kept in a pouch in his shepherd's bag. He had his sling ready as he approached the Philistines. The Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, came closer to David. When he saw that David was only a healthy and handsome boy, Goliath's eyes filled with contempt. Am I a dog? Did you come to beat me with a stick? And he cursed David, invoking the names of his Philistine gods. Come here, Goliath said, and I will feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild animals of the fields. David said, You come to me carrying a sword and spear and javelin as your weapons? But I come armed with the name of the Eternal One, the Commander of Heavenly Armies, the true God of the armies of Israel, the one you have insulted. This very day, the Eternal One will give you into my hands. I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will feed the birds of the air and the wild animals of the field with the flesh of your Philistine warriors. Then all the land will know the true God is with Israel, and all of those gathered here will know that the Eternal One does not save by sword and spear. The battle is the Eternal One's, and He will give you into our hands. When the Philistine stood up and approached, David ran toward the line of battle to meet him. As quick as a flash, he reached into his bag, put a stone in his sling, and launched it at the Philistine, hitting him in the head. The stone sank deeply into his forehead, and the Philistine fell face first onto the ground. That was how David defeated the Philistine with only a sling and a single stone striking him down, ending his life without a sword in his hand. Then David ran to the Philistine and stood over his lifeless body. He pulled the man's sword from its scabbard and finished him by cutting off his head. 
When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they knew they would be next. So they ran away. The people of Israel and Judah gave a great shout and chased the Philistines the length of the valley and back to the gates of Ekron. And Philistines wounded in the battle fell all along the five miles of the Sha'ariam Way, which ran between the Philistine capital cities of Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelites turned back from chasing the Philistines and plundered the Philistine camps. As the sons of Israel were distributing the spoils from the battle, David took the Philistine's head and went to Jerusalem. But he kept the man's armor and other possessions back in his own tent. Earlier in the day, as David was choosing his stones and bravely approaching the Philistine, Saul asked his cousin Abner, who was the general of the army, where David came from. Saul said, Abner, who is that young man's father? Abner said, I swear to you, my king, I don't know. Saul said, well, find out who his father is. When David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner brought him in front of Saul holding the head of the Philistine. Saul said, who is your father, young man? David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. By the time David had finished speaking to Saul, Saul's son, Jonathan, was bound to David in friendship. And Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Saul took David into his service on that day and would not let him return to his father's home. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as he loved himself. He took off the robe he wore and gave it to David and also his armor, sword, bow, and belt, symbolically transferring to David his right to ascend the throne. John 8, 21-30 Jesus said to the crowds, I am leaving this place. And you will look for me and die in your sin. For where I am going, you are unable to come. The Jews said, is he suicidal? He keeps saying, where I am going, you are unable to come. Jesus said, you originate from the earth below. And I have come from the heavens above. You are from this world and I am not. That's why I told you that you will die here as a result of your sins. Unless you believe I am who I have said I am, your sins will lead to your death. The Jews said, Who exactly are you? Jesus said, From the beginning of my mission, I have been telling you who I am. I have so much to say about you, so many judgments to render. But if you hear one thing, hear that the one who sent me is true, and all the things I have heard from him I speak into the world. The people had not understood that Jesus was teaching about the Father. Jesus said, Whenever the day comes and you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. It will be clear 
that I am not acting alone, but that I am speaking the things I have learned directly from the Father. The one who sent me is with me. He has not abandoned me because I always do what pleases him. As Jesus was speaking, many in the crowd believed in him. Psalm 111 Praise the Eternal. I will thank Him with all my heart in the presence of the right standing and with the assembly. The works of the Eternal are many and wondrous. They are examined by all who delight in them. His work is marked with beauty and majesty. His justice has no end. His wonders are reminders that the Eternal is gracious and compassionate to all. He provides food to those who revere Him. He will always remember His covenant. He has shown the mighty strength of His works to His people by giving the land of foreign nations to them. All His accomplishments are truth and justice. All His instructions are certain. His precepts will continue year in and year out, performed by His people with honesty and truth. He has redeemed His people, guaranteeing His covenant forever. His name is holy and awe-inspiring. Reverence for the Eternal is the first step toward wisdom. All those who worship Him have a good understanding. His praise will echo through eternity. Proverbs 15, 11. The grave and destruction are fully exposed before the eternal. How much more does he know the thoughts of Adam's children? Okay, so in modern day Israel, in the Shephelah, which is uh, the lowlands southwest of Jerusalem, uh, lies a narrow and fertile valley called the Valley of Elah. And on either side of that valley, there are hills that, uh, that they rise up and, and, and uh, roll away. And in ancient times, this valley was the borderline between Philistia and Israel. And there are many cities along this, uh, this valley. So Azekah, which was named in, uh, in the scriptures today. Soko, which was named in the scriptures today. Sha'ariam, the, the road that, that passes by the city of Sha'ariam. Uh, was mentioned today. And uh, so this is the site of the great showdown, right? The very, very, very popular story of David and Goliath. But we have traveled to the story of David and Goliath uh, in the context and through the scriptures. And so we've seen that there's a king in Israel and his name is Saul. And uh, his greatest fear is of what everybody thinks about him. And this has stripped the kingdom away from him. It has brought him into terrible error and rebellion. And uh, so this kid David shows up and he plays harp and all this. But 
But, but what happens in the Valley of Elah today is what enmeshes their lives inseparably. Because no one is willing to go fight that giant. And incidentally, uh, Goliath of Gath, that city <laughs> exists as an archaeological ruin. It's a, a very active archaeological site today. They're finding all kinds of Philistine stuff, all kinds of things about the history of Gath. Um, uh, even as they as as they dig now, so uh, Gath is in the Promised Land films. It's a place that we've been and filmed. All actually, all the cities mentioned today are places that we've been and filmed. Most of them are inaccessible by bus, like uh, like Shah Arayim up on the side of the hill uh, of the Valley of Eli. You got to hike there. So anyway, we know the story. There's a giant. He's out there taunting the uh, the armies of God, and David comes along and. Uh, and he's listening to all this, and he's listening to all the soldiers, and the soldiers are like, you know, the one who kills this giant has no taxes, his family's free from taxes, he gets to marry into the royal family, uh, you know, like, and so David, being this, uh, this young man, is just like, wait, what? You know, like, say, tell me that again. And it's really interesting, because David's big brother right his oldest brother happens to be listening to his little brother ask questions and he just shames him it's like i know your heart is you just want to be here to watch the battle like i know what's going on here and david's like can i even ask a question it's just that little aside in this story uh, should let us know because uh, i i've 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 been at ministry long enough to know that so many of the wounds of our lives end up coming from our brothers and sisters and from our nuclear family. And uh, so we can go back thousands of years into this story and see this little aside in the Bible and know like this has been going on a long time. Uh, you know, I mean, what a wounding thing to say to your little brother. But at the end of the day, what's got David so uh, perturbed is that this giant, this person... Uh, is willing to insult God. That's what's got David so upset. And so as the story goes, we know that David goes down into the valley and um, picks up some stones and there's a little stream that runs through that valley and uh, there's little stones in it. And uh, he probably didn't, you know, like in my mind's eye, uh, as I grew up with this story, I'm thinking like golf ball sized rocks, but probably not, probably not probably more like small stones. After all, this stone, according to the scripture, sunk into the forehead of the giant, right? So it'd have to be like more like some kind of a small projectile, likely. Anyway, you know, Saul insults David. They exchange words. David says some pretty intimidating and powerful things about the power of God that is about to be displayed and shown in the life of the giant. And so David starts running. He starts running to face him. A stone flies. The giant falls over. And just like that, just like that, David goes from total obscurity to a national hero. Like That moment changed his life forever. And uh, and his popularity, as we'll see, 
David's popularity that, that comes on like a tidal wave has a profound effect on a very insecure King Saul. So, so far in 1 Samuel, we've been watching Saul's insecurities and fears as they consistently undermine his own leadership. And from this point forward, though, David and Saul's lives are entangled. And, uh, and it will open entirely new levels of paranoia and drama for Saul. Uh, but it'll also offer uh, dramatic opportunities for reflection on our own heart and our own motivations. And so, Father, we thank you for the story that we're in. And we thank you that each person that we encounter in your word and each story that is told in your word, it offers us the opportunity certainly to read it, but if we'll open our hearts, it will read us. So come, Holy Spirit, we pray, as we move through the remainder of this week and get deeper into this story. Come, Jesus, we ask in your mighty name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. And uh, altogether, it's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. And something is going on around here today. And I'll only be mentioning this today because they'll be gone by tomorrow. A couple times a year, once or twice a year, we uh, get some stock of clean canteens, daily audio Bible clean canteens, uh, because they are the best, uh, the, the best thing I have ever found to drink coffee or tea from. And, uh, you know, uh, kind of a coffee snob over here a little bit, although I've been drinking a lot, a lot more tea lately. But uh, as you probably know, we roast our own wind farm coffee and we have our own tea. And so uh, and, and this has been going on for years and years. And uh, years ago, I went in pursuit of the greatest thing to drink that coffee from something that will keep it warm. Right. I used to use that those little boilerplate things that you plug into the wall. Right. And you set your coffee cup on the boilerplate and it kind of keeps your cup warm over time. But I realized you know, every five minutes, it, it it gets worse and worse and worse, right? And then the coffee starts t- tasting like liquid pencil lead. So I was looking and uh, it was out on the West Coast in Oregon that I first encountered my first clean canteen. And it was in a coffee shop and I bought it and I was like, this, this looks great. And it, it and I never turned back. We uh, then contacted Clean Canteen and... So we, uh, we make daily audio Bible clean canteens a couple of times a year. So these are the 16-ounce clean canteens, the large ones with the, uh, the cafe lid 2.0, uh, so they don't spill when you knock them over, at least if you have them closed. And these will keep your coffee and or hot tea hot for a long time. I pour myself a cup in the morning. And I'm still drinking my hot beverage in the afternoon. And if you put something cold in it, I mean, like if I put ice water in it, which I have done, yeah, I mean, I'm still drinking ice water with ice in it a day later. 
So they're awesome. They're just double-walled, surgical, stainless, practically indestructible. I've had the same one for years and years. Carried it uh, all over the world with me. But they're not cheap for us to get, and so we don't uh, keep them stocked in the warehouse. So uh, clean canteens are now available at dailyaudiobible.com in the Daily Audio Bible shop in the lifestyle section. But uh, 24 hours from now, not likely. So jump in and get them while you can. And uh, check out the other resources that are available for the journey that we are on day by day, step by step through the scriptures this year. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com as well. There's a link on the homepage. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996 Spring Hill, Tennessee 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that is it for today. I'm Brian, and I love you. And I'll be waiting for you right here tomorrow. Hi, Daily Out of Bible. This is Paul from Houston. And just calling in for a prayer. Um, uh had um it's today was mother's day and now there's a lot of mothers out there that are um, hurting in different ways and i'm just praying and asking god that he would pour his spirit out on them um uh the circumstance happened yesterday a neighbor upstairs came down and uh the the daughter they're frantic and the the uh, a daughter had um was uh, had gone unconscious and we tried to revive her and take her to the hospital. Um, and anyways, uh, um, it didn't turn out the way I, I prayed and that we were that we hoped it would. But I, yeah, I'm just I I, I understand. It's just hard to see loss um, and uh, especially a mother's loss is is so hard to see in so many ways and. Um, and I'm just praying that God would help you to feel comfort and um, in a way that only you, that only you would be able to feel comforted. Um, this family is Nigerian and, and they grieved in a way that I had I'd never seen before and it, it um, shocked me in a way, but I, 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 I can only see and um, I can only understand, I think, what Jesus might have seen in some ways when he saw the different people crying and, and wailing and things like that. And I, I just ask that God would be in the circumstances that his will would be done and that he would comfort mothers that are missing their their children and um, that have been separated from their children. I understand what that's like after two and a half years being separated. But I, I just ask that God... Hey, Daily Audio Bible and Dabsy. Uh, Tony the Painter here over in London. Uh, I just wanted to... I wanted to bring up, first of all, number one. And finally, I know it's late, I'm sorry, but wish China and Ben 
Uh, all the very best for the rest of their lives and congratulations on getting married. Uh, this year, I've not only have I been doing uh, DAB, but I've also been doing Daily Audio Bible Chronological. And if you're only doing DAB and you feel like, ah, oh, um, I need more, just if you go over on the app to the box next to DAB, uh, you'll see chronological. And that is actually really exciting. So I recommend that to everybody. Uh, few people, so many people I want to pray for. Uh, well, that I have prayed for, but I want to pray for here, but I just don't have time. But one I really do want to pray for is Margo in Australia. Thank you, Marge, for giving us an update. That was lovely. And you're a great mum. Uh, but Margo, in, Margo from Australia. Okay. Uh, do you know, Jesus, if, if Jesus ever felt that he was at home, I wonder if he would have uh, been able to do the whole of his ministry. Uh, he said, foxes have holes and, you know, another animal has a certain nest, or birds have nests and foxes have holes. Uh, but then he said, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And I would just wonder if maybe Jesus is giving you that opportunity to really see where uh, Jesus is coming from when he says that. That uncomfortable, oh, I don't want to be here. Uh, maybe that is an opportunity for you to really experience Jesus in your daily walk. Anyway, my love to all of you guys. Me checking in, saying hi. I uh, love you. Uh, hi to Tony in Germany. Uh, hi to everybody. Uh, but anyway, yeah, big love. Hello, Daily Audio <coughs> Bible family. Uh, this is just a college student from Indiana, and I am calling to ask for prayer because I'm just in complete bondage right now with my sexual sin, with uh, the current relationship that I have started, and I'm also just really, really worried about uh, how I'm going to get through this summer because I'm going to be working at a church camp and I just don't know how things are going to turn out, and I just could really use your guys' prayer. I I don't know where I would be without this community and this family. Thank you for everything that you do, Brian, and, and just all your family, and thank you for all the listeners who pray and call in every day. Thanks. Bye. Hello, my name is Elise, and I'm calling from Massachusetts. I'm a senior citizen, severely arthritic, and alone in the world. I have no family or relatives left except cousins I rarely ever see. And I am beyond, beyond lonely and alone. And... I just really, really need prayer. I've been a Christian for well over 40 years, but I never dreamed my latter years would end up like this. I just need to be included. I need companionship. I, I'm alone all the time. I spend most of my time on the couch, and it's just getting, really getting me down. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless.